officially starting off the second episode of what you called um, Hashtag Carousel Christmas Chronicles Part 2. And we are Saved by the Credits Podcast at Saved by the Cred on all your favorite social medias. And my name is Matt. And over there across the couch from me is who? Lenny. Lenny's over here. Oh, Lenny is over here. Len. But who else is over there? Uh, I don't see anyone. Is that famous TikTok star at the Great Brute? At the Great Brute? <laughs> at the Great Brute? Come check me out on my TikTok. So I post weird things. Uh, before we get into the six movies we're going to speak about, um, I think we should talk a little bit about what we've been doing for Christmas. Okay. So I'm we not went. Sure where you're going with yeah, that? Yeah, really quick. So we went to the Elmwood Park Zoo, um, that is um, in Norristown, and we went to Wild Lights last weekend, and that was pretty awesome. They had the entire zoo lit up with a bunch of bunch of Christmasness, and it was amazing. I'm not sure what we're doing next. We are doing something called Tinseltown. It's fun to say. It's fun to say. Say it. Tinseltown. Tinseltown. Tinsel Tinseltown. So we're doing that. And then um, I'm actually off the last week of December, so we might be doing some stuff then. But, yep, definitely in the, in the Christmas mood, uh, full-fledged. Our house is decorated. Out front is decorated. I keep saying I'm going to post pictures. There's a giant box of Bath and Body Works candles that was delivered, and there's some Christmas news in there. And I think we're almost done shopping. So, but I don't know. I just wanted to talk a little fun, non-podcast related stuff. We have to do we our started. Christmas shopping for each other. Yes. So let's talk about that really quick. After we got married and moved in together, we're like, why spend hundreds of dollars on each other if we can just use that money um, to go away somewhere, like on vacation? So what we do instead is we still get each other gifts because we did try one year with no gifts at all. And it at, on Christmas Eve, I caved and I went to Ollie's and spent like $70. So instead, you got me like a lamp. I got you a lamp. I got you like a coloring book. It was, and, it was weird stuff, but he wanted stuff for us to open. Yeah. And oh, yeah, I got like a bunch of comics and like books and stuff. It was very weird. So instead, we started this new tradition a couple years ago where we both go to Five Below at the same time and we spend $25 on each other. We get five items each, obviously. And that way we have five items each. And Five Below has pretty awesome stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's usually stuff like, I don't know, like what Matt's motivation of picking things out is, but my motivation when I'm looking is, like, something fun that we could do or, like, Matt would do. Yeah. That would just, it would just be, like, a fun thing that we, like, we do it and then we're done with it. Like, we don't want all this, like, extra yeah. stuff around. What Like, we got Forky. We um, It was, like, a Toy Story 4 a Create Your Own Forky kit we got last year. And we actually got it for each other and didn't realize, it's, right? Which is, yeah. It's always fun. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm going to do something different before we start it. All right, so let's jump in. I just had a bunch of nerds candy, and I am hype. And I had the opposite. I effect. am hype. So let's go off to our first movie from 2021 this year, a Netflix exclusive in the Netflix cinematic universe, The Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Stone. The Princess Switch <laughs> 3, Romancing the Star. What? I don't stuff. know. They gotta you remember. even have you read it off your phone? Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. This definitely has a trailer. So, Merry 
Christmas from Montanaro. This year we're hosting an international Christmas festival featuring a special visitor all the way from the Vatican. I present to you the Star of Peace. Sorry to interrupt your majesty, but we have a bit of a situation. The Star of Peace is gone. Back again. Hunter's just arrived. He's headed your way. No one can ever know about this. We're back again. Okay, so we watched that thing that we, we did watch that movie, mm. and I feel like it's just a guilty pleasure movie. Big time. I mean, if you watch the first Princess Switch movie, you know what you're getting yourself into with the second and the third one. And it's just like a stupid premise, but for some reason I can't stop watching it. Right. I mean, I definitely didn't pay attention as much to the third one as I did. I think the first one is almost legitimately good. Almost. The first one's pretty good. I just, I know what they're doing. Vanessa Hudgens is, is doing like the Eddie Murphy where she's playing several characters and it's just like, And then whatever. several characters who play other characters. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is actually, I have to give her credit for that because it is hard. that's got to be tough. Yeah, it definitely has to be. And I know a bunch of people watched the movie. I was excited when it was announced there was a sequel. And who knows if there's going to be a fourth one, but we can only hope. Maybe it's going to be like that other princess franchise where they're going to be like a baby. What if they do a crossover? Oh, my God. A Christmas prince, princess switch. Yes. Christmas, Christmas. We need to talk to Mr. Netflix right it's now. Mr. Flix. It's probably Jeff Bezos at this point. But, I mean. I don't really think we should give too much of the plot away. Yeah, it is a newer new. movie. And, yeah, right. I don't want to spoil it. So, yeah, they romance the crap out of that stone. Let me it's tell you. That there is a stone. <laughs> and they romance it. But it was fun. Obviously, Vanessa Hudgens, like you said. Um, I did want to say that she's a huge Halloween and horror fan. So this must be killing her just a little bit that she's like, well, she's getting a bunch of money to make these movies. So let's yeah, be real. I don't think it's really hurting her at all. Yeah. Besides, I'm sure it's very demanding to have to play all the characters in yeah. a movie. I wonder if she gets paid separately. Did we say that? Like, do you think she gets she paid separately per character? She Who should. Knows? This makes me want one thing. I want a Zac Efron Christmas movie. We all want Zac Efron. No, cri- well, yeah, but Christmas movie. I just want Zac Efron. <laughs> It's fine. Doesn't matter what he's doing, preferably <laughs> without a shirt. Wow. Okay. So sh- shall we? Shall we already move on? But not High School Musical, the first one. Oh, no. Oh, really quick, and this might not even stay in. But I told Ashley that we were wa- we just watched the third Princess Switch, and then it somehow got to Zac Efron and it got the bed on it. And I told her the story of how we went to Kmart and we got the High School Musical like dance game with the control panel pad and I pulled up the video of the bet on it like level you had to do and it's really bad. I feel like if you watch the first Princess Switch movie and then you watch the second Princess Switch movie, why not just watch them all and watch the third one? You might as well. Just know what you're getting yourself into. It's more outlandish. Obviously she well, if you watch the second one, you know that there's now three of them. And that continues in the third one. Let's go to our second movie of the night. Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt in 2015's The Night Before. I'm having a pretty crazy night. I'm going to level with you. I'm a little messed up right now. 
What are you doing? Just talking to those guys. You have dogs. This is our last Christmas together before Isaac has a baby. So let's make it the best night of our lives. Hey, you don't steal on Christmas. That's not right. See home alone to me. How wasted are you? Don't you dare throw up. Is it still happening? It's still happening. Night before. Rated R. So the night before we watched this before we have watched this before the night before, and I only watched it once. And I think it did, did when it came out. I thought it was okay. You know, Seth Rogen was like in everything at the point at the, at that point. And I'm you know we have a love for Justin Gordon Levitt. We always have. He's the best. He he's very creative. He has his own website called Hit Record where it's very creative and collaborative. Artists get together. Definitely check out that website if you have it. But anyways, let's get to this movie. Uh, again, I had no recollection besides the basic plot, so I kind of went in completely fresh. I didn't really remember the basic plot at all, but I knew that when we started it and it first came up with the, the three main characters, I was like, oh, we definitely watched this. Movie. Right. And and this is like, obviously, Seth Rogen's used at the time. He still is. Joseph Gordon-Levitt has, was in 500 Days of Summer, and that was fresh. And Anthony Mackie, this is way before Marvel. This is after he was in The Hurt Locker. So his name was out there, but not as big as it is now. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, my God, Like, look at these three actors. This, this is going to be fun. I, I knew they were trying to get to this big party. That's the only thing I remembered. They didn't remember anything else, but this movie was bananas. I said bananas last episode, but this is the bananas choice of the episode. Yes. So basic, basic plot is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's parents died in a car crash when, I mean, it kind of seemed like he was high school high school age or maybe like yeah. early college age. And it happened on Christmas Eve or around Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, so his friends knew that he was pretty bummed out when it happened. So they had come over to... Uh, where they live, where he lived with his parents, and just wanted to cheer him up. And yeah. they're like, "Hey, let's let's go out and like let's go see the 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 tree in Rockefeller Center, and let's go to this bar and sing this karaoke stuff." Like they they did a bunch of activities to cheer him up, and then that became tradition. It became tradition that they did yes. every Christmas Eve because they said that listen, uh, the holidays and Christmas is about family, and we're your family. Which was very heartfelt for something I thought was like a stupid buddy drug movie, which was also part of that. Yeah, so that was like the background information that they gave us. And then the movie kind of it took, it was like present day. Yes. And it was their last, they decided their last like Christmas Eve tradition because Seth Rogen's character was having a baby. Right. Anthony Mackie's character was becoming famous, like a famous athlete. Mm-hmm. So they had decided, you know, I guess everyone's growing up. So it's time to, to stop with these traditions. So right. This is going to be like the last like big blowout. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is, is kind of struggling in life. He, he just ended his relationship with his longtime girlfriends recently because he didn't want to meet her parents because he was had he had baggage with his death of his parents, uh, which is totally reasonable uh, uh, and, and and very real. Yes. So but he he obviously has commitment issues. He's so. working at some Christmas Eve party as an elf, and he finds tickets to the Nutcracker Suite party, I believe, 
And that is the party they have heard about legend for the last 14 years. They've never been able to find it. And this is like, this is the end all be off. It's going to be the last one. We're going off the freaking rails and we're going. You can only, it's like a secret, super secret, like invitation. Right. Party like they don't even give you the location until a certain time. Ten o'clock that night. Yeah. So this is like the the party that they've been wanting to go to. Right. So the whole movie is them trying to get to said party, and also doing those traditions that Britt mentioned. Seth Rogen's wife, since they're having a baby, said, "Hey, this is your last time doing it tonight. Here is a container full of hard drugs. All the drugs. All the drugs." Whatever you can name. And Seth Rogen, or Isaac, that's his name, decided just to continually do as much drugs as possible. And he started freaking the hell out. He was, like, tripping on mushrooms. So then he was like, well, if I take, like, an ecstasy, that'll probably balance out the mushrooms. And then he's like, well, that didn't work. So I'm going to take more mushrooms. Now I'm like freaking out. So let me do some pot to try to mellow out. It was like he just like kept taking more and more things. Uh, and we started laughing really hard because uh, just... he was like so funny in this movie. And I and I do not laugh at like stupid no. comedy things. But I was I even said out loud I was like why am I laughing so much at this movie? Like I can't even. And yeah. it was basically him in his ridiculous. Oh, it was Seth Rogen was being Seth Rogen, right? But let me hit some of these other names in the movie because there was a lot. You have Lizzie Kaplan that was playing uh, Just Gordon Levitt's ex-girlfriend, and she's been in a million things. You, um, would, you may not recognize the name, but you will recognize her face. She is literally she everything. kind of looks like Zoe Deschanel, which I huh. find weird because... Bangs. Right, yeah. They were in 500 Days of Summer together. Right, so. see if that maybe has a type. Uh, Mindy Kaling, she was in the office in a mini project, right? Isaac's wife is Jillian Bell, which, again, she's another actress. We don't really know her name, but she's been in a lot. Uh, Most recently, we saw her in uh, Britney Runs a Marathon, which was a great movie. And it's not me because I don't run. No. But that was a really good movie. Because it was like you thought it was going to be a stupid comedy, and it wasn't. Because you're like, first off, it's a stupid name for a movie. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, Tracy Morgan. We no. saw a Santa. Yeah, he was like um, narrating part. He was the, the narrator. Yeah, Randall Park, which wasn't known back then, but is known now. You know, he's been he was in the Marvel world. Yeah, thing. he's in Marvel. He was in Crazy Rich Asians. He was on, um, I think, Fresh Off the Boat as well. But yeah, he's great. And there was two humongous cameos. Number one, which I completely forgot about, is. They get to this Nutcracker sweet party. They f- I think it was just the Nutcracker ball. The Nutcracker ball. They finally get there, and the entrance is amazing. They have to go through, like, a bodega, and then they go in, like, a... I was like, a bodega, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, go, they go into a back of a freezer, and then they enter this light tunnel to the entrance. They have to ride a train. I ride a train for, like, two feet, by Even the way. In the light tunnel was the guy taking the coats. I was like, where is he putting the coat? They're in a light tunnel. So they get there, and um, two great things happen. Number one, Isaac and I'll just call her Mindy. Their phones actually switched. Earlier in the night. night, Isaac kept getting text messages, but since he was so drugged out, he was freaking out about the messages. I don't think he realized it wasn't his phone. He didn't at first, no. And then he he kept getting these text messages from this like random number, and I forget the James. James. It was he, just James. He kept getting it from James, and James sent him a dick pic. 
and then another and, dick pic. Uh, yeah. And then and another dick like, pic. Wow, that's a really nice dick. <laughs> and you know, he's like texting James about you know James's dick and how nice it is, <laughs> and James is like, "Hey, you like you want to suck it?" And he's like, "Well, I've never sucked a dick before." He's like, "Well, you will tonight." And he's like, "Oh shit, I think I'm gonna suck my first dick tonight." <laughs> this is all in his head. He didn't know what to do. It was like a crisis. Yeah, and, and this entire time, he's sitting with like Anthony Mackie's mom at their house right Eating after dinner. Right after playing some Goldeneye on N sixty four, which was great. Yeah, so that's a great scene. And yeah. who is James? James ends up being the James to his Seth, James Franco. Yeah. <laughs> which back in twenty fifteen I feel this would have been a lot more funnier nowadays with the allegations with him, not so great. But he was like kind of hit. They were kind of hitting on each other, which was really funny. Yeah, and that Mindy was, really was kind of in the middle. But the other huge cameo at the Nutcracker party was Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes up to like get a drink. There's like punch or something, and this girl turns around, and it's Miley Cyrus of Miley all people. Cyrus was in the movie as herself. She did sing part of Wrecking Ball mm-hmm. to help Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> yeah, Jill. JGL. Uh, propose. Yes, which that's what I thought anyway, was cool. Guys, I know it was, seems like gibberish. You just gotta watch. Just it, watch it. Right? There's so much going on. <laughs> There's a lot, but it ends in a very nice way about him wanting to sleep with her parents. It's fine. Just it's fine. Just watch it gets the movie. Weird. It gets very weird. We cut a lot out, but it's all about the journey, not not the actual destination. It, sometimes. it was a, enjoyable, and I would honestly probably watch it again right now. <laughs> I just know. Because it was, I don't know. <laughs> so the night before, check it out. Maybe it'll be part of your Christmas tradition. Okay, our third movie, which was Britney's pick. My pick. From 1996, Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington in The Preacher's Wife. An angel who's just come to Earth. Who sent you exactly? The top man himself. No one would believe him. Who are you, really? But soon... You get out of that as much as I do. Oh, less, even less. No one could resist him. My toilet is broken. It never had a siren. Denzel Washington, Whitney Houston, The Preacher's Wife. Rated PG. Starts Friday, December 13th at a theater near you. So we were graced by Denzel Washington's presence on the carousel. And boy, was I glad. He is so good. But not only were we graced by his presence, but we were graced by the one, the only Whitney Houston. All right, P. Which, doing some research, did you know that, like, she was very nervous to act and, and be in this role? And besides, then, like, to act with Denzel or just yeah, to act she, in general? She felt like she didn't know if she wanted to do this. But then she realized that it was there was a lot of parallels between her in the movie, the uh, the uh, the character, and her in real life that she decided to do, it. and that's why she probably crushed it. Anyway, Matt says we watched it before. We I don't really did. remember if we did or not, but we watched it now. <laughs> well, the preacher's wife is based off the bishop's wife, which is based off a book. Well, why wasn't it called the bishop's wife then? Because they wanted to have a little bit of 
changed. They updated the it. Between a bishop and a preacher. I guess we'll have to find out and watch the bishop's wife. But mm-hmm. I can tell you that besides Denzel and Whitney, Courtney B. Vance, who plays the preacher, preacher. he's been in so much stuff. But besides Preacher's Wife, he was in The Hunt for Red October, which is another huge one. And a million other things. A million. So the Preacher's Wife. We start with the Preacher, Courtney B. Vance, and the wife, which is obviously Whitney Houston. While they're at the church, you can tell there's some tension between them. Not near, like necessarily bad tension, just like something's amiss. Something's, something's different. They seem to be in like some sort of rut. Yeah, and they just need to not spice things up, but just, like, something needs to change. Yeah, we know that, we learned that they've been together for a really long time, and it's not, like, necessarily, like, a bad thing, like Matt was saying. It's just, uh, he doesn't seem to be so inspired, like, giving sermons, and I don't, I don't know. He just, he, he just feels like he needs help. He needs help, and when things can't get any worse, the boiler... Stops working, flooding, gassed up, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the church doesn't have a lot of money. Not at it's all. It's not in, I, I don't think it's in the, the very best neighborhood. So some of the, the churchgoers, they they rely on going to church. Uh, they could be poor, you know, like needy. This could be shelter for some of them. Right. Um, now... Denzel shows up way before the boiler explodes. Yes, and he is a angel. He is an angel. So the preacher asked for help, and so help arrived in the form of Denzel Washington, and he literally falls out of the sky into the snow next to the two boys, which was kind of funny because they, like, freaked out and screamed and ran away. Yeah, which is what you should do. Yeah, stranger yes. danger. So Denzel's there to help. He's he encourages them to spend time together. He encourages the preacher to listen to his wife and all that stuff. Meanwhile, um there's this there's this other guy that's involved in the town who's a big like business guy and he wants to build like a new church and he owns the church that he's in right now and kind of wants to bulldoze it and right. use the land for something else. So there's a whole lot of drama going on and Denzel's there to help. Yeah. And Whitney Houston's character is a obviously the person it's herself is an amazing singer. And she is besides the wife, she is like the main gospel singer. And Denzel wants to make her feel like she is important and she is special and tries to give her those pleasantries of spending time with her. And even to go a little bit further into the film, takes her to a jazz club, I believe, and pretty much is there for her. They dance. They have a good meal together. The friend of the jazz club comes up to Whitney Houston, which is actually played by Lionel Richie, of all people. And gets her to go on stage and sing and, 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 and feel free and be herself and not have to worry about all the stresses in the world while her husband is still being pulled a million different ways. I do believe the preacher gets a little bit jealous about the amount of time that Denzel and yes. his, uh, his wife is spending together. And there's even a little bit of sparks flying between the oh, two. Oh, yeah. And that's where I, I didn't remember. I'm like, are, is something going to happen? Because, like... 
Or Denzel was just trying to show her she was important. I'm like, okay. And I just think maybe she just appreciated the attention. So that was Friendship. probably more right. of what the where the attraction was for her. And for Denzel, he was like, she's really pretty. And, <laughs> yeah. and she, she, does, she dances well and she sings like an angel. And huh, he's an angel. So they're a match made in heaven. Huh. Yeah. And everything works out in the end. Yeah. Before we end talking about this, there was literally a couple of crazy things that happened during this. While filming exterior and interiors at a church in Yonkers, New York, a building a block away caught on fire and two children died. (gasps) That same fire, one crew member rushed over with one of the ladders they were using for the filming and was able to save a four-year-old girl out of the fire. I'm like, whoa, okay, so that's pretty big. So it said accidents also affected pr- the production. The week before filming at the church, an elderly parisher fell and broke her hip and passed away. And then in the middle of filming, a crew member was struck by a car and was killed. I'm like, what, what happened during this this movie? But positives. Um, the Preacher's Wife soundtrack became the best-selling gossip album all time and was on the top Billboard charts for 26 weeks. But I just, I've never heard any of this stuff with the preacher's wife. Nope. Just like Denzel, there's some snow, and just beautiful scene by one Whitney Houston. All right, if you haven't watched it, check it out. Check it out. On to our next movie. 2021, a Hallmark original movie, I guess is what they're called. An Unexpected Christmas. Emily, you came. Two exes. What are you doing here? Your sister said she thought we broke up and you didn't tell anyone. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's weird. Because I hadn't told them. One major merry mix-up. What if you stay here for a week so that my family can enjoy Christmas drama-free? Do you understand what a terrible idea that is? What is going on? An unexpected Christmas on Hallmark. An unexpected Christmas. What'd you think? Let me ask what you think. I said, if you were watching my spins, that it was unexpectedly better than I thought. I agree. Now, Hallmark and Lifetime both have a lot of original Christmas movies that come out every year. A lot of them. A lot. And the reason we watch this is because there is a One Tree Hill alumnus in it. Haley Scott, a.k.a. Bethany Joy... Lentz, I believe her name is. It's her and this other guy. I forget his name. Tyler something. Not Tyler Hillen. No. I wish. That would have been better. Should have been, right? Could have been. But the basic concept of this movie is that they are exes and traveling to the same area for Christmas. But his family didn't know if they broke up. So in order to not ruin Christmas for the entire family, they act like they're still together and they decide after Christmas is over to tell them the truth. Yes. Hijinks then entail. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. I didn't feel like the acting was, was bad at all. Like, no. I uh, didn't think it was story. corny. Uh, it wasn't like over the top too corny. Right. And the acting was pretty good. It was a little bit humorous. At times. Yeah, at its moments. But, like, honestly, going in, knowing that it was a Hallmark Christmas movie, and I'm not, like, 
saying all the Hallmark Christmas movies are bad. I'm not. It's just like you said, there's so many of them that sometimes quality kind of goes by the wayside. Yeah, they go for quantity, 100%. Right. But I like this one. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe some of the other ones are just as good. Or maybe because she's a really good actress. Like, I didn't feel like it was faked when she was talking. Did I absolutely know what was going to happen as soon as the movie started? Yes. Yes, (laughs) I did. But that does not mean I did not enjoy watching it be portrayed. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to say. I just say go watch it. Like We watched it because we love One Tree Hill. So, of course, I'm going to support. I watched it because Matt put it on the wheel and I had to. That's true. I feel like if you saw a trailer for this, you would have been like, oh, well, watch that. Yeah, probably. Oh, man. Just because of who who was in it. There we go. We there just, we go. That's it. We can just, that's all we have to talk about. We don't have to go in major detail like I do well, in the movie. Well, there really, really isn't much, there isn't much s- substance there. To say. It's I very mean, basic. you summed it up in like a sentence. All that's, right. that's what it's about. Okay. And a bunch of funny things happen, and they're. They're trying to keep it from the family, and a couple people find out, so they're trying to keep it they from... They think that he's proposing. That's why he's acting so awkward. Yeah. So, I think it's fun. Yeah. Well, you move on. And you I don't need to say what happens at the end, because I think you know. What? What happens? No, shh, don't. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> spoil it. All right. Let's go to our next. From all the way back in 1951. One of the many incarnations of Charles Dickens' tale. This is A Christmas Carol. Cue the Tarana. Hard and sharp as flint he was. You ask Bob Cratchit about him. This timid and intimidated little clerk is portrayed by Mervyn John. Mrs. Cratchit by Hermione Baddeley. The little lame boy, the great-hearted tiny Tim, is played by Glyn Dearman. Michael Horton gives a spirited portrayal of Jacob Marley, the ghost who changes Scrooge from sinner to saint. I think this is another movie we're not going to spend a lot of time on because I feel like everybody, everybody has knows watched the story. some incarnation of this. Right, right. It's the same story. Jacob Marley. Yes. Scrooge. Yes. The three ghosts. Yes. The the you know tiny Tim and and his and his skimpy leg and the small turkey and or is that just in the other one? I don't know. But we watched this in black and white because there is a colored version of it, colorized, Technicolor, whatever. But I checked it out really quick and it looked really off putting. Not like um. Me, me and St. Louis, it just looked off. So I went for like a like a higher quality black and white, which I think looked really it looked it really fine. good. Yeah. But um, when we were watching it, I turned to Brent and said, "This is from seventy years ago this year." Yeah. Seventy. That's gross. Like that's just. I was watching a episode of the Real Ghostbusters Christmas special, and then I realized that's from nineteen eighty six. And that's soon going to be 40 years old, that episode. Again, crazy. Anyways. Yeah, it's the same shit, the same story. But back then in 1951, it wasn't just the same story. Though this movie and tale has been adapted so many times in so different ways. 
There's been completely different spins on it. One of the more famous ones is Screws with Bill Murray, which I love. But I was it was kind of nice to finally watch like one of the best interpretations of it. Yes, according to I keep saying my sources. It's just an article that <laughs> I saw on the internet. The one <laughs> article, the source of when I was looking for Christmas movies. It specifically named this version of A Christmas Carol. So, right. This has got to be one of the better versions out there. It's kind of it's great to see it in its classic kind of form. Yeah, I agree. Rather than like having a modernized spin on it. Yeah, because we watched a couple modernized. We watched there's remember that there's that FX two part special. No, really long. It was a couple years. Oh, ago. Oh yes, I did not. It watch was boring. That. I'm sorry. It, I tried to watch it. Um, my favorite besides. What I've already mentioned is Muppets Christmas Carol. And it's, yeah, I know it's the Muppets, but it's really for Michael Caine because Michael Caine is Scrooge is bomb. But this Scrooge is really good, too, especially when he he learned the error of his ways. Oh, my God. In that the was end. the best part. I know, and we've I seen it. it again so many times, but his portrayal portrayal was so good. He was like literally like a giddy little schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. And. It was just great, especially when Bob Cratchit comes in on Christmas Day. I always yep. forget that. And, you know, he's like, oh, you know, the song and dance. So like, we're, I'm going to give you a raise, but he says it in a mean way, and he calls, catches them off guard, and then he goes and visits his family, and they're a little off-put by it. But then he sees his niece. They so It's his nephew, and it's probably his nephew's wife. Ne- nephew's wife. He apologized for being the way he was for the past God knows how many years. And then they instantly start dancing. Everybody starts dancing, which was yeah, great. Yeah, that fixes everything. I thought it was cool. Like, nobody dances in living rooms anymore. I would like to dance in the living room. Not right okay. now. There's a lot of things on the floor. Yeah, and the dog. Right, Lenny? Anyway, it was a good version. It was a good version. Check yeah. it out. It wasn't too long, was it? It was like, no, it was like a little over an hour and a half. And I also wanted to mention, because we made a little joke about it, but the effects, especially for 1951, was pretty good, especially the ghosts. Yeah, we were like, oh, I wonder how they did that yeah. back in the, the 50s right. when nowadays you could just CGI yeah. the ghost in or whatever. Or you can just motion cap Jim Carrey. Right. Like that one movie. Right. Which, was which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Disney, that's what I, I said to Britt. I turned to her and said, I wonder if they use like the same um, trick they use for the Haunted Mansion ride. If, if, if you don't know what that is, there's an episode behind the rides or whatever it is on Disney Plus, And they show you like in detail, like how they were able to make the dancing ghosts in the Haunted Mansion ride. I'm like. That was like the late fifties, early sixties. It's probably with, like, mirrors yeah, mirrors and a reflection and yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's that's really probably what they did. They yeah. had to be super creative, super creative, and that's what's cool. They don't have to rely on you all this. You can appreciate the artism in this movie. Yeah, I don't know if that's a word. Oh. I just might have made it up. <laughs> Hashtag artism. 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 So yeah, I think that's all we really have to say about that. We don't yeah. have to do too much. That's more than what we had to say about unexpected Christmas. Yes. It is. Well, it's just some movies I like to talk about longer, some I don't. Well, some movies you just don't have much to say. Not right. that it's a bad movie. It's Not just at all. you can't really delve deep. Like if we covered Elf, which I know we aren't, but if we covered Elf, I'll just be like, I don't know why we, you haven't seen it if you haven't seen it. And if you haven't watched it recently, watch it right now. And next movie. That's what no. I would say. 
You, she secretly loves Elf. She secretly really loves it. I, she probably watches it by herself and I'm not around. Who and told you? Lenny! <laughs> Alright, so let's go to our final movie of this episode. <gasps> the final movie of this episode. That means six movies we've talked about on this episode? Yeah, six last Dang. time. Six, six this time. That means it's oh, we're half, on 12? Half the wheel. Yeah. Half the wheel is done, and I'm going to probably post this episode as soon as possible. Mine seven, and you're five. Yeah. So the last one we watched, that we actually just finished watching, is from 1989. Sam Elliott and his luxurious mustache in Prancer. Ow, ow! One of Santa's reindeer is missing. Here he is. Prancer's in the shed near my house. He's one of Santa's. Kids are playing with a full deck. Now the kids of Three Oaks are the only ones who can save Christmas. He's gonna fly! He's gonna fly! Prancer, it's pure magic. Rated G. Come see Prancer fly at a theater near you. You never saw Prancer. Nope. I watched it, but I think I just kind of put it on and it didn't pay attention years ago. Definitely 80s, 90s vibe. I mean, obviously, that's when it's a tough place. But... 1989, Matt. (laughs) But this was a weird one. This is weird. But not in a way, not in a negative way, by any means. The we meet this girl. She's very annoying. Actually, I said to Britt, she reminded me of a young her. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> I don't sing that off key. Okay? No, you don't sing off key. But she's just very. She marches to the beat of her own drum. Yes. Um, which is not a bad thing. It's a really great thing. Just not in 1989. They would think she's weird. She lives with her dad. Her aunt is in the picture. We know that mom is dead. And she does have an older brother. They live on like an apple orchard or a farm. They have cows, horses, whatnot. Lots of woods. Very snowy. Yada, yada, yada. One day, she's walking through the woods. She sees Prancer. I'm not even... Well, she sees a reindeer that's injured. She says it's Prancer because there's long story short... The reindeer display in town. Prancer was the one that fell off. Now she's convinced it's Prancer in the woods. Which I I get because it was the logical one in order of who fell. And if oh my god, when those kids ran over, they're like, oh no, they're so like so devastated. This <laughs> decoration Prancer fell. fell and got run over by a car. She finds Prancer, well, the real a real reindeer injured. She's trying to help him, but the reindeer kind of runs away. She sees it again later when her dad's driving down this, like, windy road. She says, hey, Dad, stop. The reindeer's in the middle of the road. He is going to shoot it because he's like, it's injured. Which, I get that, but, like, it's not a horse. Like, he doesn't but want an, it to suffer. An animal's injured. He doesn't want them to suffer. Which he's I get. like... You know, the animal is probably going to die. Well, anyway, Prancer somehow ends up at their farm, inside their barn. She keeps it a secret for as long as she can. She tells Carol. Big mouth. Big mouth. (laughs) Carol. Big mouth Carol. (laughs) From Jurassic Park. She gets the the veter- the town veterinarian to help her out in secret, but the guy's like, you really need to tell your dad. She's like, ah, I can't because, like, he's going to shoot the, the reindeer right. if I do. And he's running out of food. He eats lots of Christmas cookies and lots of 
hay and oats from the barn. So dad's like, where's all this food going? So she has to figure out what to do there. She's very concerned, so she writes a letter to Santa Claus. And she goes to the mall with said letter and gives it to Santa. And what I think is one of the best parts is she says, I know you're not the real Santa. And he tries to negate it. But she just says, you need to get this to him. This mall Santa then takes it to the local newspaper and he publishes it. Now everybody knows about Prancer. Everybody. Everybody knows who wrote the letter. It's got her name in it. Where Prancer is because she said he's in the barn. And now, like, all these random people are like, hey, I want to come see Prancer. And there was even, like, a church service that announced it to, like, the entire town. And I think the second favorite part of the movie is when all these kids and everybody go to see Prancer, Prancer ended up inside the house. And they cut to him eating some some of the pie, fresh baked pie that Sam Elliott just made with his bare hands. I think Aunt Sarah made the pie. I think you're right. I yeah. think he got the apples and she made the pie. I think it was a blueberry pie. They ended up selling, or Sam Elliott ends up selling Prancer for $200 to a local butcher. But the butcher doesn't kill him. The butcher puts him on display in fenced enclosement so he can pretty much get attraction and make money off of him. The cage is kind of small for him. And kids being stupid and mean they're like throwing snowballs at him yeah. and i'm mad i'm mad at this point i'm fuming i don't want prancer to be in a cage so they tried to break him out and the, the little girl and his, uh, her brother right and they were unsuccessful at fr- unsuccessful at first but got enough of it open when the little girl was trying to help him she actually falls and we thought prancer was going to jump out and save her no she fell she, yeah, fell. she fell. She got hurt. From a tree. And then Prancer finally kicked the door open. He lay next to her and waited for help. He, like, kept her warm. You know, he, like, he, he like sidled up next to her. It was the cutest thing. I was like, oh, Lenny. And That's pretty much the end. Prancer is nursed back to health, and they right. realize they have yeah. to set him free because it's now Christmas Eve. And he needs to go with Santa and be with the rest of the reindeer. So they let him go. He disappears. We see Mark's hoof prints on the snow, and it ends completely. And then Sam Elliott and his daughter look up in the sky, and they actually see Prancer rejoin the rest with Santa. So Another fun little tale. I thought it was a great little movie. Yeah, it was nice. And no animals were harmed in the making of this production. No? There was a little message that popped up. Oh, good. In case anybody was a we, little nervous. We were a little concerned because was concerned. he was limping that one scene, and you're like, how did they teach a reindeer how to do that? Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Reindeers are real, right? No. They're fictional, like a unicorn. i see seen enough unicorn shit at Walmart. That's, that's real. Lenny's a reindeer. <gasps> Lenny. He loves carrots. So, that's it. That's it. That's six movies. Should we get to the ratings? Let's see what we got. The first movie that we discussed was The Princess Switch 3 Romancing the Star from this year, 2021, on Netflix. And it is a whopping 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not surprised. I mean, I actually thought maybe it would be a little less. It should have been like 20. Uh, the next movie was The Night Before from 2015, which is available to rent. 
and that had a 69% rating. <laughs> Sorry. Which, of course, had to be <laughs> 69. It's just like snakes on the just, plane. Just putting it out there. <laughs> Next up, Whitney Houston in The Preacher's Wife from 1996 is available for free on the Roku channel. Uh, look for it. If not, I think you can download it for free as well. So check it out. 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know how I feel about that one. I don't know. It's okay. It's I thought right. maybe it could have been higher. I don't yeah, know. Maybe 65. Maybe 65. And our fourth movie, the Hallmark original, An Unexpected Christmas, starring Bethany Joy Lenz, from this year, 2021. Again, you can watch that on the Hallmark channel if you have that, and it has no rating. Yeah, I don't think any Hallmark ones do. I don't think no. they're they're part of Rotten Tomatoes uh, no, I don't, universe I, there. You know, I think Rotten Tomatoes would just be watching movies all the time if they had to rate all the Hallmark <laughs> and Lifetime yeah. movies. They're probably like, ugh, those movies. Maybe there's like, if you go to the Hallmark channel, there's maybe a user rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably like a star rating, right? Uh, a Christmas Carol from 1951. I actually found it on YouTube for free. So it is out there. Also to note, in the U.S. it was called A Christmas Carol. Elsewhere it was called Scrooge. And it is 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's a pretty good score. Yeah. And last but not least, Prancer the Reindeer. From 1989, you can watch that on Stars, And that is 67% Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, I feel that's, that's right. I feel like it's pretty fair. Yeah. You know what? The the little girl and her annoyance probably lost the movie some points yeah, there. Exactly. All right. So let's do our little our little deal and we'll get out of here. Before we do that, I'll just say we're at Save by the Cred, C R E D. Just spelling it for some people that can't spell, like myself. Although if they're hearing this, wouldn't they already know that? They could just find us on Apple Podcasts. I have no idea who we are. It's possible. Oh. Okay. Some random people have been liking some of my videos okay, on Twitter. Okay, well hello people. Hello people. Follow us on Instagram. And Twitter. And Twitter. Go back and listen to all of our other episodes. We have like over 10 now, which is crazy. We have a lot. Follow a group Brit. Oh, my bad. Plus, we have a very cool Christmas bathroom reveal that we can talk about next time. <laughs> I have some, I have, I think they're funny videos. And, and we'll, we'll see you at, at the movies in the living room. Merry Christmas. Do, do, do. Yeah.